Today, we're going to be talking about birth education. What is it? Why is it important? What's unique about our classes? So today, Liz and I, hi Liz. Hey. We're going to be talking about our specific classes, how we teach, why we think that it's important for everyone having a baby to have birth education. So here we go. Welcome to the Birth Nurses Podcast. I'm Shana Brickner from Preparented, and I'm joined by my co-host Liz Baker-Wade from Birth and Beyond in Santa Monica. We are the Birth Nurses. In this podcast, we talk about birth and nursing practice and labor and delivery, and in a broader sense, the whole world of nursing too. From two women who have been on both sides of the birthing bed, we've got some things to talk about that will enhance your understanding of birth. Whether you're a first-time pregnant parent, a parent to one or more babies, or a professional in the birth world, this podcast is for you. Join me and Liz and special guests as we share and learn from each other here on the Birth Nurses Podcast. So Liz, first of all, you are a pillar in the birth education community. (laughs) You've been doing this for what, 20 years? Well, I've been labor and delivery nursing for 32 years, and I started right. teaching birth education in 2000 and then okay. opened Birthday Me on about 2002. So forever. I just remember when I first started working at the hospital with you, I forget if someone had kind of told me like, oh, hey, you know, have you heard about Liz and her classes that she teaches? And I approached you and I was really, you know trying to be covert about it, but mm-hmm. I wanted to to get in on this whole thing. And you really inspired me to start my own business and get started. And you even invited me to be a part of one of your birth classes, which I never took you up on. And then COVID mm-hmm. and all yes, the things. And then COVID. But, <laughs> and then COVID. And, and then COVID. <laughs> but can you tell me and our listeners about your specific birth class, what you teach, why it's important. Absolutely. Um, Birth and Beyond is a mixed method class. And the whole reason why I did it was because there were, it was very compartmentalized when I first started labor nursing around 1990. It was Lamas, and then it evolved into birthing from within and hypnobirthing and natural childbirth. And there were agencies that had limitations on what you could use and their names. And there were all kinds of organizations like DASC and DONA, which are fine, that you had to belong to. And I was thinking to myself, well, gosh, you know, I'm a labor and delivery nurse. I'm feeling pretty qualified after six or seven or almost eight years of labor and delivery nursing to tell my community how I feel about this process and what can make it easier. And I really believe that I didn't require a certification um, to teach. And so I just decided to construct my classes. I started in my living room, then opened a space on Michigan here in Santa Monica And then I found a teacher who was my business partner for about 17 years, Cheryl Baker. And we both had the same maiden last name, which I thought was kismet. Like (laughs) She was a um, natural birth teacher in this community for 30 years. One of the first doulas as well. She was amazing. We're going to have her on. 
and we just took off. And um, for a really long time, I taught twice a week and worked full-time, sometimes part-time uh, as a labor and delivery nurse. And that's kind of how it went. Um, the labor and delivery birth education community became very, very saturated in the last seven or eight years. And so I kind of kept evolving and changing my technique and my class to meet new needs and more and more people became more high risk. There was much more comorbidity and I had to adjust to that ever-changing population. So it was an evolution over time. Yeah. How about you? I love that. <laughs> well, so I think I had been a nurse for five years when I got the itch to do birth education, yeah. but I had been feeling that, that itch ever since I became a nurse and ever since I had my first baby, which was in right. 2012. And I was in nursing school, so I kind of was going through, you know, months of birth classes right. being in nursing school because I happened to be going through my obstetrics rotation and class during the time that I was pregnant. It was perfect. And so I would go perfect. home. I would tell my husband everything that I was learning and then I went to the hospital to have my baby and everything seemed so different. Right. It's like it didn't translate from the book knowledge to the hospital setting. And then I became a nurse in labor and delivery and I saw the same thing that patients would be coming in. They would have no idea what was happening in their body to them, mm -hmm. and they were scared. They didn't know how to make decisions about their care because, mm -hmm. first of all, they didn't even know what was happening. And that's when I was like, you know what? Something needs to change. There needs to be something before they get to the hospital and make it more accessible to everyone. Um, so the first step in me creating my birth education business was creating an Instagram account mm -hmm. where I could make videos and posts and, you know, talk on stories about labor and delivery, about birth and babies and breastfeeding. Cause then I became a lactation consultant. And so now I try my best to put valuable information on my Instagram account. But for someone who wants to take the in-depth birth class and breastfeeding class and newborn care class, um, that's something they have to pay for and schedule mm -hmm. with me separately because there's just so much information that can't be given out in little bite-sized chunks. Um, it right. would take forever. Um, right. So... Yeah, that's kind of how it happened for me. I just saw the need, saw the this lack of understanding about what's going on in your own body during labor and delivery. And I think that's so important for someone to know and to be connected with so that it's not a scary thing to give birth. Right. There are so many 
people that I've met over 32 years who are just, I'm just here to wing it and see what happens. And they do great. Sure. They do great. They come in, they just, you know, they just let it up roll and they're relaxed and they really get that your bodies are meant to do this. And then there are so many people who come in who have no idea what a hospital birth is differentiating Mm -hmm. from let's say a birth center or a home birth. So my classes are geared toward how to have a better hospital birth, not insinuating that a hospital birth is going to be bad, Mm. but now we have many, many more people that come in who have uh, significant in-depth, very specific birth plans and birth wishes They have a very specific narrative about how they think their birth needs to go. And I kind of try to chip away at that to find out if it's because what's going to happen if my birth isn't the way I planned it. And I get concerned about that, not chip Mm. away at their plan, but try to figure out where they're coming from. I saw a lot of disappointment. I'm holding a healthy baby my baby's breastfeeding, but it didn't go exactly the way I wanted to go. So I really feel like they felt ripped off of their moment because of the journey. And my narrative used to be that it's not about the journey. It's only about the birth. And I'll tell you, a lot of doulas set me straight, even during the time that I was acting as a doula and said, you know, it is about the journey. Mm-hmm. And they introduced me to the idea of birth trauma and trying to figure out how that seeps into your psyche over years. And I had to really, really pay attention to that. And it was really helpful to get information from midwives and birth doulas. Cheryl, my my business partner, talked about the journey. But it's really good to have a person face-to-face, a touchstone, a person you can email that you've taken classes with to bounce things off of. And I know that the trend is to go to videos. And yes, this may self, you know, sound self-serving, but when I talk to a lot of these patients, they have very little information about use of birth balls and postures and positions. And uh, they don't have a place to have conversations. So I really... Mm want those birth teachers out there to help our community understand that we are still a necessary vital part of this, no matter what you're teaching. You teach a particular kind of birth class. Talk about that. Yeah. So I specialize in teaching couples how to have an unmedicated birth in the hospital setting. I think that a lot of people think they're mutually exclusive, that if you want an unmedicated birth, well, you have to be at a birth center or you have to have a home birth um, or you have to have a midwife. But I beg to differ. You can have an unmedicated birth with an OBGYN as your provider in the hospital setting and it can be beautiful. And I have helped several couples do that. and they'll message me later and tell me this was it was amazing. And then they're surprised that they did it. Right. I'm not surprised. I'm not right. surprised because you can see the determination in someone when you're teaching them that that's what they want to do. 
Um, I guess the surprising part is that when you're in the hospital, you do have all these interventions and um, tools available to you to um, perhaps throw you off your path of an unmedicated birth. So being offered an epidural or IV pain medication, or even if you're augmented with Pitocin, that could shift your plan and make you want pain medication when you said that you didn't. So in a way you are defeating many odds um, by having an unmedicated birth in the hospital, but it's possible. I've done it and I've helped other women do that too. So that's my specialty. But then also being, having been a labor and delivery nurse, I love to be able to map out every step of the way for my clients. Okay. You're going to walk in the hospital. You're first of all, you're going to drive up to the valet. You're going to tell them that you're going to labor and delivery. You're going to walk in the hospital. You're going to turn left. You're going to go up the elevator, like literally every single step, Mm -hmm. because that's how I would want to be taught. Mm -hmm. I'm such a planner. I mean, I'm more stressed out find like figuring out where I'm going to park than the actual (laughs) thing. Like when (laughs) I had my interview to work at the hospital where we worked together, I remember my husband asking me like, so how are you feeling? I was like, I'm, I'm nervous. He's like, Oh, you're nervous about the interview. I was like, no, I'm not nervous about that. I'm nervous about where I'm going to park. <laughs> right, right. You know, that's such a funny thing. I talk about that. Being a native of Los Angeles, yeah. I I tell, okay, you got, you know, I have couples from all over the place in my, you know, in my class. So somebody yeah. could be doing at Cedars or Kaiser or sure. St. John's or UCLA or yeah. all over the place. And I know every single where to park on every one of those. <laughs> Like, let me tell you what it's like to park at Cedars. Let me tell you about it. the valet at St. John's. Let me yes. tell you about UCLA can be overwhelming, but it's going to be fine. But it's so funny. Isn't that true? It's the parking. So true. Like, how am I going to get in there? I'm like, somehow everybody gets in there. Mm-hmm. There's not that many people that are born in a parking lot. So uh, <laughs> evidence uh, evidence points to you're going to get up to L&D okay. Because if yes. all else fails, just go to the ER. Yes. <laughs> right. Speaking so of... Funny. Evidence. So Mm. the Journal of Perinatal Education says, quote, childbirth education is designed to help women access accurate and up-to-date information about childbirth and make informed decisions about their care. Exposure to evidence-based information about maternity care practices should assist women to make informed decisions that are based on that evidence. Evidence-based childbirth education should ultimately affect outcomes, but there is a dearth of research that looks at the outcomes of childbirth education. This editorial suggests that this research is long overdue. So we have a a chasm. We have a a hole of Mm -hmm. research and and I think in the past couple of years, they've been trying to get more evidence about what childbirth education actually does, especially for the Nola Paris woman, someone who's having their first ever Correct. birth. Yes. Um, but there was an article that said the frequency of epidural analgesia was lower in women who attended birthing class. 
And there was a higher likelihood of using breathing techniques during labor and a higher likelihood of taking advantage of visual visualization exercises during labor. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty significant that it lowers the, the use of interventions and it increases your use of alternative pain management techniques. And I've also noticed that, so my objective in class is to make people comfortable with what they're going to encounter in the hospital setting. And when we talk about a patient who comes in with a unmedicated birth plan, my objective is I want to get you as far into labor as you can get before you have an intervention such as an epidural. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm anti-epidural, because I am not. And I know you're not anti-epidural Correct. specifically, but you have a different motivation. Mm-hmm. My motivation is getting as active as you can so that you have the least amount of intervention possible. Yes. Because I believe that labor moves much more efficiently mm-hmm. if you are out of bed using motion and movement and postures and music and aromatherapy and your doula and your partner and blah, 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 all of those things. And I do see it all the time. So it isn't my goal to have, but I'm talk to my patients about getting up and moving and that the epidural's out there if you want it. So that net is there. Sure. It's not being taken away just because you brought me a piece of paper that you a very well thought out, albeit very well thought out birth plan, but we're going to move forward in small increments of time and we're not going to look too far away. I, I notice also people that come with having never spoken to anybody, they're so wrapped up in trying to learn birth education when they get there that it's mm. hard for me to get to, this is what sh- we should be doing. That's why I love people that come in with a class. Like, okay, I know, I know what this is about. Mm-hmm. So let's get to, I'm going to show you how to do hip squeeze. I'm going yeah. to help you get on all fours. We're going to, I'm going to show you proper technique for the birth ball. I'm going to show your partner or your doula. Well, doulas usually don't need this, how to do uh, counter pressure and we can kind of get right to it yep. instead of when I hear, I even hear this in my own hospital And it just makes me roll my eyes inwardly. I told you, as I get older, I'm having a harder, harder time concealing my uh, feelings. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is not the time I should be playing poker. (laughs) And uh, they said, my doctor said birth education is just confusing and unnecessary. And I think to myself, that is a physician who is not confident, who's not confident that he or she can give this patient risk benefit in evidence, just what you were talking about. And, mm. and why would anybody say that to a patient? It's because they don't want to be, and I'm using quotes in the air here, confronted. They don't want to have a long dialogue. They don't have time to have a dialogue about why. They just want you to get in and get out and do what I want. And that does not serve our community. Mm-hmm. Right? Agree. Yeah. Yes. So let's, I want to dive into that a little bit, but Mm -hmm. go to the side. So 
there are different kinds of classes, mm -hmm. right? Nice. So there's nice. like, there are hospital birth classes, mm -hmm. but let's talk about that because what I've heard, I actually haven't taken a birth class from a hospital, but what I've heard about hospital birth classes is that it's a class to help you or the patient be okay with what's going to happen to them at the hospital on the hospital's um, terms. Terms. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you agree yeah. with that? And have you I'm, heard that too? I do. I, I've seen it in every hospital in town and I have labor and delivery birth friends in four different states. And so I just think when we speak, you and I live here in Los Angeles, when we speak to LA, it's not that different. Mm -hmm. um, I do believe that the hospitals have an agenda and I agree with some of that agenda. We have a policy and procedure and a standard of care that we use to help us use community standards to keep our patients as safe as possible. In labor and delivery, however, we have lots of birth teachers throughout our communities who aren't labor and delivery nurses or have not been in the labor and delivery setting, like a doula or a midwife or um, even assistants. There are lots of lay people out there who are doulas and are midwife assistants. So they've been at birth. Never really could understand that. Um, not that they can't have a good knowledge base of reciting A, B, C, and D, the rules. But when we talk about the nuance and the particulars and the in and outs of labor, the physiologic labor and birth and what happens in a hospital setting, I always wonder, um, for instance, if you break your bag of water, you must go to the hospital immediately. No, no, stop it. No. You call your physician, you let them know about the quality and the content of the fluid and the time you mm -hmm. ruptured and negotiate if you are healthy to stay at home and to be allowed to let labor come on for a particular amount of time. So why patients show up because they've ruptured their bag of water is because they've been told that when that's really not the case. That's just an example. So mm -hmm. yes, I believe that there should be much more evidence-based teaching in the hospital by teachers who do the job. Yeah. Yes. That's a, a particular, um, you know, that's of course undermining my own birth business, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's fine. Um, I think that I would say hospitals are reticent to hire those teachers or mm -hmm. have labor and delivery nurses go through those classes is because labor and delivery nurses and doulas or so on are encouraging patients to do much less intervention. Right. Yeah. And I understand when intervention is necessary, I now need to switch it up and talk about risk of benefit. That's part of my job when a patient really doesn't want yeah. intervention and we're moving toward a situation where intervention is the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. There's also other kind of classes. I really like the Bradley method. The Bradley mm -hmm. method is incorporating your partner as your coach. So I actually use a lot of Bradley method 
skills and techniques in my class because I want the partner to be so involved in labor that they're sore afterwards. Like that's my <laughs> that's my goal. Yeah, like, you I tell the dads that a lot and the partners. Yeah, yes. like this is not going to be easy. So right. unzip your hoodies in <laughs> class and take off your sweatshirts because right. you're going to be warm in a few minutes. <laughs> yes, yeah. you're working yeah. hard, and you're working hard. <laughs> when when the laboring person has that support, mm-hmm. whether they're touching you or not, like you need to know that there's someone supporting you the whole way. And so I use a lot of the Bradley method techniques with including the hospital setting um, as the background. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, Absolutely. Whereas I think some other birthing techniques like hypnobirthing, Mm -hmm. I've probably seen that successfully done once, maybe twice in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I would think hypnobirthing is better suited for a birth center or home birth setting. I'm not going to correct you. I'm just going to give another perspective. <laughs> sure, on give it. me your perspective. Okay. Two things. First of all, the Bradley method is a very, very specific method of which you may not use the word Bradley advertised or in your birth class unless you hear, adhere to the exact Bradley curriculum. That's why a lot of uh, teachers in the last 15 years stopped using Bradley and started calling it natural birth class. My own my own business partner did that. She made the switch up because she couldn't add in any of her own twist. So when we talk about Bradley, we do want to let our audience know that it's a particular curriculum, but that doesn't mean we can't pick and choose. Mm-hmm. I teach a mixed method class. So I teach concepts of Lamaze, of hypnobirthing, of, you know, and, and allow my patient to sort of feel like they have a little bit of knowledge, but it's really based in the physiology of labor and what's going on so that you understand what's happening, whatever you're using. Speaking to hypnobirthing, I often tell a client who calls me and wants to talk to me about they want that this is what I'm going to teach. And I really want your class, Liz. And I really want to know about what's going to happen in the hospital and how I can do A, B, and C. But I say, it sounds to me like a hypnobirthing class would be a great adjunct to my one day intensive Mm -hmm. because it does add that layer of inward meditative ability to be able to block out a lot of what's going on in a hospital setting. Those kinds of, um, those kinds of practices are hard because we are in and out and in and out. So when somebody says, please don't come in and out of the room, I say, this person doesn't understand that this hospital birth functions for me being, I must assess my patient and I must document. So, Mm -hmm. I must have a signal with my patient that says I've assessed her pain. I can't just ignore it because that's not okay. We will be brought to task, right? Uh, By joint commissions, by the the health department, you can't ignore it. So you and I are going to come up with a signal. If I look at you and give you a thumbs up, 
does that mean you're good and you don't, and then I can document that we have a, we have a communication. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So hypnobirthing, Bradley method, Lamas, birthing from within. I think these are all wonderful classes as an adjunct to understanding what's happening in your environment. So you don't Mm. go in and feel this insurmountable wall of obstacle to the birth that I want to have. Like, okay, there's monitoring occasionally. I might require A, B, and C. I'm going to find a way to make peace with this before I enter the hospital setting. That is my objective. Yeah. You explain that really well. And now that I think about it, I've probably used some concepts from hypnobirthing. You have. I know you have. To, yeah. To <laughs> teach to my clients. I know. Yeah. I take it back. I take it yeah, back. Yeah. You but do. It's, you, you're you right. Do. It's the, it's layering it on. It's exactly. adding it to, it's not just one thing, but yeah. it's preparing it in all aspects of your life. You're preparing your mind, you're preparing your body, you're preparing Mm -hmm. um, your partner Mm -hmm. and your environment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all those things together. Yeah. Just um, great experience recently being able to say to the couple, you do whatever you need to do in here. And I'm here to give you support in whatever you want. You can stand on your head if you want. You can eat and drink (laughs) if you want. Um, You know, there were a lot of, can we, can we come in? You can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. You can have intermittent fetal monitoring. Doctor said, as long as that baby looks good for a few minutes out of every hour. And we will get to worrying about intervention when a certain amount of time has passed and you don't actually go into labor that this is in the case of ruptured membranes, not in labor. Mm-hmm. And don't worry about out there. Let's just have our relationship in three, four hour increments. And then you can let all the rest of that go. Don't look out there. And I, I tell my class that every question that you ask me is most likely, this is surrounding the actual labor birth pushing, going to be met with, I've no idea. You get to not know because I don't know. And any labor and delivery nurse or obstetrician or anybody who predicts outcomes or what's going to happen in the next three or four hours is not being honest. Right. How how, do you think my labor will kick in? I don't know. They don't know. Do you you think it's going to get more uncomfortable than it is right now? Don't know. Do you think I'm going to need Pitocin? I don't know. Maybe. Right. When do you, do you think I'll be pushing by the end of your shift? Don't know. I don't know. And I've talked about this in prior podcasts. Mm-hmm. And so just being able to be comfortable in, I don't know, is the really hard. Predictability. Yes. Yep. The unpredictability of labor and delivery. Yes. Just be in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think a really cool part about our classes too is that we allow for questions throughout the class and definitely at the end of class. Um, I usually say to my clients at the beginning, if it's just a one-on-one, me and another couple, I, I'm like, if you have a question that pops up, ask, ask me, but maybe wait a minute or so because I might answer that same question. Oh gosh, I do minutes. the same thing. Yeah. I do exactly the same thing. I'm like, I'm going to get, I'm going to do a 15 minute blurb here. 
yes. spiel, and I, I promise you, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to your question eventually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then at the end, so with the group class, I'll usually save the question and answer time for the very end because yeah. if I stopped for every single question, like it would be an all day class. But and I would probably get to answer their question eventually. But oh, yeah. I usually have them write down their question in real time when they have the question while I'm still talking. And then if they still if I didn't answer that question, if they still have that question, then they can ask it and I'll pause throughout the class. But with the yeah. video, isn't it great? You can't do that. With well, video, you know with reading, you know, with a yeah. live class with a birth instructor you get our knowledge at your fingertips. And exactly. I love when patients go, wait a minute, wait a minute, what did you just say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Baby rotates through the pelvis and <laughs> does what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's interesting, this uh, this relationship between the baby and the pelvis. Uh-huh. You know what I also really like about Zoom classes, just happens to be my platform that I use. Mm-hmm. I really like um, the comment area because I'll see something pop up while I'm talking and then I get through that question they're about to ask and then they're right, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> like I promise you, or I, you know, I, I give a thumbs up while I'm talking. Like I, I saw that I'm reading. Oh, that's a good um, idea. You I, have them type their questions yeah, in the Zoom in chat. The little, yeah, I do. Oh, I've and never then I had just them look at do it. that before. That's yeah, it's good. great. Sometimes, yeah. and I don't get that many oddly. But so every now and then, somebody will talk yeah. about or like, I need to talk to you about something privately after class. I'm like about what you just said. I'm like, okay, I get it. Yep, no problem. Yeah. Um, and and I do talk to people in the beginning of class about, you know, there's some, I'm going to touch on some personal subjects. Mm-hmm. One of the things I do like about Zoom class, I mean, I loved my space. We closed Birth and Beyond right before the pandemic. I mean, you know, this was serendipitous because Cheryl had retired and we had 1400 square feet and a lot of teachers, um, Deborah Raul, who is still teaching hypnobirthing, Kefri Riley, who teaches infant care, Um, We had a lot of people, uh, our CPR class in the same spot, but there were a lot, there wasn't anybody that really wanted to take over the big spot. And I had decided to try this online platform and literally 40, 50 days later, COVID hit. So I just thought, wow, that was such a odd confluence of events and that I had closed my space before then. So I sort of dodged a mess, but um, the thing I liked, I like about Zoom classes is that People get up and go and get something to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, they're in their jammies or they've got their cats walking around or their dogs laying with them. And everybody just goes to their own bathroom. It's like, who needs to pee? I just say it, you know, <laughs> like every 20 minutes. Like I notice nobody has to pee yet, which is almost impossible. And everybody's high ends fly up. I'm like, right. you guys, if you have to pee, just say so. <laughs> <laughs> And we all have had to learn how to take our earphones, you know, our ear pods out before we go to the bathroom. Learn that right off the bat first week. Oh and I came back God. to applause and I'm like, oh, gee. <laughs> okay. That's so funny. Oh, wow. It was. It was funny. It was not funny for about five seconds, but then, right. thank God I wasn't talking to myself or something. Or, oh, oh, my gosh. My gosh. But um, I do like to be able to have that communication and you you really get a sense and they get to kind of see each other rather than sitting next to each other. And there's people behind you. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody is looking at like, I've had people say, Oh God, I love your wallpaper or 
that's such a beautiful sofa. Where'd you get them? This is so great. Uh-huh. And oh, you live near me. I think you live near me. And I tell them where I live and right. couples will, I like when couples get together, but that personal one-to-one yes. is great. And I believe you can do that on this forum if you have to. I think that any class can adapt to what, you know, to what we have available to us right now and however long this lasts. And will you still do in-person classes for someone? I I, I do a lot of privates. I do a lot of private classes. Um, I, in, not in the not in the first wave of COVID, especially. Now. I was right. taking care of sick patients, and I was like, sure. I can't go into people's home. I barely went outside, you know, grocery shopping and doing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of seclusion other than at work. Um, the second wave with Omicron, um, <clears throat> people were all my clients were vaccinated and then boosted. Um, I said, if you have a living room, that's a large space that we don't have to be right on top of each other, um, masked or unmasked yet with lots of space between us. That worked out great. And now I'm doing more. Uh, I do, I do like to do private classes for patients that, you know, for patients that want that, you know, there, mm-hmm. there's a, a clientele of people who just want to be able to be in their own living room. And yep. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I do a couple of those a month, which that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I'll fun. do. Sure. Mostly my classes are online over mm-hmm. Zoom. Yeah. But for the occasional person who is actually in West LA and wants an in-person class, yeah. then I'll go to their home and I just need to be able to connect to their TV. I'll usually airplay and I have my presentation and yeah. all the have laptops will travel. Yep. <laughs> yes. It's great. I'm a traveling birth instructor. It's <laughs> yeah, I really like it. Sometimes there's doulas there. Um, I don't know if our audience, I hope you remember Sunny Barish. She's going to be, uh, we're going to be putting her podcast up soon. Um, I attended as a doula Sunny's fourth birth. Amazing. And we were together for one, two, and three, and four was in her bathtub with a midwife in her home, and it was sublime, and I had such a great time, and uh, her, uh, she was my, she was in a birth class of mine, and then I ended up being her doula for all four of her children, so it was a very right. special thing. It's also really fun to um, be a birth teacher and then show up at work and then find my name next to somebody. And they said, they, you taught her their class and they want you to be their nurse. And I love that because it's really fun to be the labor nurse of somebody. Yeah, it was, it's great. So around birth classes, if you've taken one, if you haven't taken one, try to get to it, try to find a class that at least gives you some information so that you, when you come into the hospital setting, you are familiar with the vernacular and understand where the nurses are coming from and what we are trying to accomplish and how we are adhering to the standards of care of our community. And at the same time, we have to also honor that we work in a hospital setting and we must be providing care according to the hospital standards. That's our job. Yep. Well said. Well, this was 
fun. I hope you guys enjoyed listening and stay tuned for the next one. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Birth Nurses Podcast. If you enjoyed this, there are a few ways you can support us. First, you can share this podcast with your pregnant friends or new moms. Secondly, you can write a review and rate us on iTunes. And thirdly, we would love if you would check out our Instagram accounts and websites. I'm on Instagram as Preparented and online www.preparented.com. And Liz is on Instagram as Birth Nurse Liz, and her website is birthandbeyond.net. Thanks for listening.